0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. It is a very short read. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. And it says this John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. Everybody say water. water. But there is one mightier than I, and he is coming. Everybody say Jesus, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. And although I baptize you with water, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. Fire. Go ahead and take your seats. Can we just give the worship team a hand for navigating all the technical issues this morning, putting up with my lingering. I love this team. They're so amazing. We couldn't do what we do without you guys. Thank you so much, all of you. When I read uh, this scripture, it tends to make the religious squirm in their seats. Um, I think as we talk about church and we talk about um, the little religious things, I guess we call them, the little religious things that we do, so-called religious things, baptizing in water, you know, praying, praying. And taking communion and all the little things that we see and do, and some of us probably still wonder why we take communion or baptize, and those are all you know worthy questions to ask. But but when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, everybody's okay with Jesus these days. But not not everybody fully understands the working of the Holy Spirit. And I want to dive into some of that today. Um, the whole concept of this word Trinity uh, has been difficult, at least for me, to, to articulate. Easier for some others. But um, some use this word Trinity. Everybody say Trinity. Trinity. And somebody some people use the word Godhead, which kind of symbolizes the different heads of God or his different functionalities. And some people use the word triune. Everybody say triune. triune. And some people call him the three-in-one. I like to use the word uh, Trinity. The the best way that I have heard the the word Trinity described in a very practical way uh, is it describes the three forms that that God takes. God is one God. Everybody say He is one. That's what the Bible says. He is God, and He is He's one God. But but He takes on different forms, and this is where we get that word Trinity. Um, I like to use the example of a glass of ice water. I'm sure. Any of you who have been listening to preachers for any amount of time, you've probably heard this concept. First, water in its pure form is what? It's, It's a liquid. It's a liquid. And secondly, if you freeze water, it turns to ice, which then makes it a solid. And thirdly, if you put water on a boiling pot, it turns to steam or vapor, which turns it into a gas or H2O. Does that make sense to everybody? God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have different functionalities. If I could tell you what I've kind of evolved is a scary word, but I have evolved into uh, kind of separating my prayer life in boxes. Just let me explain that for a minute before, because that sounds a little bit weird. When I need a Father's touch, I talk to God the Father, because He is Father. Everybody say, God the Father. Like, Lord, my heart needs the voice of a father in my life to affirm me. I, as a kid, I didn't have a father. And generally, when you grow up as a kid and do not have a father, you generally struggle with insecurities. Any fatherless people in the room would understand what I'm saying that's both true for male and female. So I will talk to God when I need a father. Everybody say father. And, and, and Jesus, he is the son who carried out the father's business and accomplished what the father sent him out to do, which ultimately God's desire was to be one with Adam and every generation that would come after. But Adam messed up and he fell into sin, which then in turn separated humanity from him forever. Everybody say forever. That is until God sent his son Jesus to rebuild the bridge back to God. So Jesus rebuilt the bridge for you and I to come back boldly to the throne of grace where we can receive a relationship with him, where we can be back in the oneness that he originally intended for us. When he died on the cross, that bridge that was broken was rebuilt and reestablished. But then the Holy Spirit comes into place. This is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He is still active on the earth. This is that spirit that 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 was accompanying Jesus in his ministry here on the earth. All those signs and wonders that you've seen that were happening on the earth that was due to the spirit of God in Jesus. Do you remember the Bible says when we just read in Luke chapter 3 verse 16 it says that the holy spirit descended down in bodily form. Do you, have hear, do you hear of many miracles before this happened in Jesus' life? No, because he was both divine and human. But when Jesus was baptized in water and he came up, the Bible said, you can put it back up on the screen if you can, it says, it says that the Holy Spirit, actually, it's in Luke chapter three, verse 21. I can re- actually read that for you. I don't think we read it. It says in verse 21, watch this. Therefore... Let's see where I'm at. 321. Sorry, guys. It's up on the screen. It says, But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And then it says in verse 22 But after these things, Jesus said to his disciples, Nope, sorry. I got to turn around here. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened up. Everybody say the heavens were opened up. The heavens were opened up and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Do we have the next verse? The next preceding verses would then say that the, that the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit would come down in physical form like a dove. And this is when Jesus' ministry started. This is when the miracles, this is when the signs and the wonders begin to happen. But then here's what happens, is when Jesus says he's about to leave and he's about to go to the Father, he says, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go into the upper room and I want you to wait. This is why waiting is important. This is why lingering is important because the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman. He, 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 he doesn't just come at the end of three songs. He, he has to have room. We have to make room for him. And, and, and I, I am seeing more and more in the, in the church of Jesus Christ, meaning not just this church. We are okay with biblical teaching, talking about baptisms, talking about Jesus. But when we talk about the works of the Holy Spirit, people begin to squirm in their seats. But I, I just want to say this. I want to say this both lovingly, I want to say this to myself, and I want to say this to you all, and I want to, I want to say it to you, those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, that we, I believe that God is tired just tired of just a cold, calculated Christianity. I believe that God is wanting to manifest himself in and through our lives by way of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that signs and wonders follow them that believe. Here's what I have questioned In my own life. If I really believe, then why aren't the signs and the wonders following? The signs and the wonders didn't begin to follow until the Holy Spirit came. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is not a third watered down cousin that Jesus wants to give? He's not just an additive. But can I tell you this? We have in the church, because we really don't have the Holy Spirit moving among us like he did in the book of Acts, In the book of Luke, like we're seeing here, him coming down in bodily form, this is why we're not seeing healings like we we could. This is not why why we're not seeing the surge of salvation, because we don't give room to the Holy Spirit. So you know what we've compensated and did? We've brought muffins in. We've brought sweets from Publix to draw people, because the Holy Spirit, back in those days, he didn't have Facebook, he didn't have... Instagram, he didn't have Twitter. He draw people by his presence. And let me tell you something, when when the Holy Spirit truly shows up, you don't have to market anything. When somebody gets up out of a wheelchair, when somebody is healed from a tumor, when 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 when, when there are signs and wonders amongst, and we don't idolize the signs, but but here's what it is. It doesn't say everything about the body, but it says something. And let me tell you something, somebody said, oh, "You don't know if God was there or not." Friend, let me tell you, if the Holy Spirit is in the room, your heart will know it. The Bible says that when they were walking, the disciples were walking on the road to Eumaeus with Jesus. They didn't even know it was him. He, had a, he, he, trans, he was transfigured. He didn't look like his own self. And they said when they were walking, when he finally revealed himself, they said these words, did our hearts not burn within us? Yes. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit is among us, our hearts will burn. And it don't make us weird. It makes us holy. He makes us holy. Come on, somebody say amen to that. I love to think about the Holy Spirit like a fire. And that's what the scripture proceeding begins to talk about. It describes him as fire. And listen, if he's fire, we are the coal. Look at somebody. I want you to nudge him just a little bit, not too hard. Say, you are the coal. And what good is a fire without something to ignite it? And what good is coal Excuse me, I said it like this. What good is fire without something to ignite it? And what good is coal unless it has something? To ignite it. We are to be torchbearers, especially in these last days. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is looking for coals this morning. It doesn't matter if you've been on fire or not before. If you have been on fire and you're fizzled out, I got a feeling that by the end of today's service, you are going to be reignited with the Holy Spirit. Our church, our meetings need to be filled. Can I tell you something? If we took John, John the Baptist, out of heaven and plucked him into one of our services, I have a feeling that he would probably look around and say, what religion is this? Because a religion that is not soaked, saturated, filled with the power and the presence of God is not true religion at all. It's just services. It's man-made religion. But I believe that there's a company of people that is rising up in this last hour that are gonna take God at his word, who are gonna live holy lives, who are gonna, who are gonna walk in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. No, it's not by our works, but at least any man should boast. It's by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit, and that's why I want to preach a message this morning called Ignited. Look at somebody and say, get ignited. You know, when I think about the fire of the Holy Spirit, and there are people who come to me and they say, I'm on fire. If you're on fire, you don't have to tell anybody you're hot. The other day, the stove was burning hot, and my daughter came next to it. We didn't have to tell her it was hot. She found out it was hot. When somebody con- comes in contact with a believer who's filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to tell them you're on fire. I don't say this boastfully, but 20 years later, they thought I would have fizzled out by now, Dean. But can I tell you, my heart burns more and more every day. The closer we get, I'm finding out that there's a blue flame in this thing, it gets hotter and hotter look at somebody and say get on fire get on fire but it's not through our works it's 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 not it's through our pursuit it's when you get close to the fire you get caught on fire if you stick a dead stick in a fire too long i love bonfires but if you stick or put a stick in there long enough that which is not on fire will be put on fire and this is why i love if this church was anything, if I wanted this church to be known for anything, it's, it would be um, being very presence-driven. Because I've sat in the back of churches for years and years and years and, and have n- had no transformation, no, no life. You, you, when you're around the Lord, when you're around his presence, there's life. It's life-giving. It's, it gives strength. It gives hope. You, you, you know it. You know if God is in the room. How many want that in their own lives? Here in this scripture, there is a clear difference between being baptized in water versus being baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you could put it back up on the screen for me. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. We, we all hear that when somebody's being baptized. However, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an inward expression that causes outward change. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? Yes. To, be, to be baptized into something means to be immersed. Can I tell you there's far too many of us, including myself, have, who have only tasted and dipped our toe in a very deep well. The Lord is calling his people, especially in this day and hour, to be immersed in him. What do I mean by dipping our toe? Friend, if your experience with the Holy Spirit does not exceed past your Sunday morning experience, you're not experiencing God at all. It goes far beyond that. We have to get past dipping our toe, meaning just lifting our hands for a few songs. He is after intimacy. He's after relationship. He wants you to be fully in or fully out. Can I tell you this? God doesn't accept half-heartedness. He is an all or nothing God. Look at what the young rich ruler came when he, 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 just, he just wanted to follow Jesus. But once it got inconvenient, he wasn't willing to follow anymore. Jesus is looking for people who are all in. You know what? People are like, Lord, I want all of you. That is until he asks us of something. Ask us to leave something. He wants wants us all in, fully surrendered, living sacrifices. And can I tell you this? He will withhold no good thing from those who give their lives entirely to him. Are you ready to give your lives entirely to him this morning? I'm talking to the person who's been saved for 30 years, and I'm talking to the person who's been coming to church for three weeks. It doesn't matter who. We we all need a fresh infilling. We all need a, a, a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. We all need to have that fire of God burning on the inside of us. Time is short. Time is short. Somebody say, time is short. I was thinking as I was reading this. how the, 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 Jesus' followers seemed pretty, um, how should I say it? They seemed pretty weak. Before Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Did you recognize that? They, they 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 were quick to say, Lord, I will I will die for you. I'll I'll go to the end of the world. I will I will I will do anything for your name's sake. And they were the first ones to just you know drop the drop the torch and cuss at somebody, run the other way when Jesus got arrested. But something happened after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Something happened. In that upper room, something was poured out. That something was a Holy Spirit. That is the difference between somebody who's religiously in love, who just loves Jesus, versus being filled with Him. And the Lord wants us not to just love Him, He wants us to love Him, but He wants us to be filled with His person. And that person is the Holy Spirit. Listen to what John says in chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. I'm only gonna read a small portion, a few, just a small portion of the verse. Watch what He said to His disciples. They were begging him not to go away. And he, and he says these words, it is to your advantage that I go away. What's the advantage? The Holy Spirit was contained in the person of Jesus. Yes. Have you ever seen a milk jug burst or a gallon of, or a water spill, a cup of water spill? If you, I have a two-year-old, so I see lots of that. I've actually seen it last night. There's water all over the floor. If Jesus would have stayed The person of the Holy Spirit would have stayed in Jesus. But when Jesus died, when he was cut up on the cross, when he was crucified, that was the reason, that's why he said it's to your advantage. Because once he died in the place of our sins, his Holy Spirit could then disperse among the body. You're in the splash section this morning. No. And that's what Jesus came here. He said, it's to your advantage. In other words, I have to go away because if I don't go, you're going to be too human for me. You're not going to be effective. You're not going to be empowered. If I stay here, you're going to have me in bodily form, but you won't be empowered like I am. Jesus' whole intention was for the believer to do and to model everything that he did here on the earth. You shouldn't have to call the pastor to pray. Oh, it's, it's quiet up in the Presbyterian church this morning. I knew it would be. The Holy Spirit wants to so empower you and you and you and you and you that you don't necessarily need to stand in a prayer line. Now, I appreciate prayer. I need prayer. We all need prayer at some point. But listen, when the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in me and he resides in you, look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. Before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, the disciples were a mess. Before Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he denied Jesus. After, he was willing to die for his faith. Do you understand that? Pre-filled with the Holy Spirit, post-filled with the Holy Spirit. Before they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they would try to minister to people. Remember, they were trying to cast out demons, even in Jesus' name, but they couldn't. But post being filled with the Holy Spirit, demons would come out with just a command. And that's how demons should respond in our lives. When somebody is dealing with something, it should come out in the name of Jesus because we are filled. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, certainly he can cast out the enemy through your life. Before Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he would lash out in anger. He'd cuss you out in a heartbeat, by the way. But after this experience in the upper room. He preached to 3,000 and 3,000 people got saved. Before Peter, James, and John were filled with the Holy Spirit, excuse me, it was James and John, they asked him for a higher position in his kingdom because they wanted, they were waiting to get somewhere before they got promoted. But listen to this, when they got filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, they no longer worried about getting to heaven. They let heaven get into them and establish the kingdom here on earth. Do you see the difference? We're not, we shouldn't, as believers, shouldn't be praying, Lord, get us out of here. Lord, Lord, change. You should be, Lord, how can you establish your kingdom in and through me, in and through my ministry, in and through my family, in through husbandhood, wifehood, childhood, whatever it is. Jesus should be moving in and through us like conduits all over the earth. We should be living in such a way that it should leave the government scratching their head. Come on, you should be smiling so big. That it would question people and have them come to you and say, why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? And that gives you the opportunity to witness. That's what the Bible says, that he's empowered us to be witnesses into all the world. Look at somebody and say, get ignited. Get ignited. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God with us. We're talking about the gospels. Everybody say the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, God with us. Starting at the book of Acts, it was no longer God with us, it was God in us. Somebody say, He's in me. He's in me. And, and there is a distinct, I want you to hear me, there is a distinct difference between being a believer in God versus a believer who's filled with God. There's a distinct difference than being, believing him, knowing of him, than him living and residing on the inside of you. And do you know what? The Holy Spirit is here this morning. He's looking for houses. It doesn't make you weird. It makes you effective. It makes you holy. It makes you more loving. It makes you more joyful. It makes you not cut somebody off on I-4. It makes you pray for people when you want to say other things. I wrote this quote this morning. It came off the top of my head. It says, a person who just believes in God wants to be rescued from the world. A person filled with God wants to to rescue the world. Did you hear that? Amen. I was sitting before the Lord this morning, and he's, it was as clear as day. The person who just believes in God wants to be rescued. Lord, get me out of here. It's sorrowful. But that person who's filled wants to, wants to be God's answer in the earth. They, they want to be the conduit. They, they, want him to, to move, they want him to move in and through them, to touch their aunt, their uncle, their, 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 their loved ones, their children. They, they don't want to be taken out of here. They want to say, Lord, let me stay as long as I can. We have a lot of work to do, at least until every ear hears, because his desire is that not one be lost, but all would come to the knowledge of the truth. One of the really practical ways, I believe, one of the real reasons that the Holy Spirit came is to not just equip us, but to empower us. Everybody say, empower. Empower. I love in the book of Acts in chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, and it says this, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. What was the promise? The promise of the Father. It was the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father. Capital P. Listen, he came to empower us to live by his Spirit. Can can I just tell you this? God does not want you to try to live holy on your own. You can't live holy on your own. It's impossible. It's impossible. Because you would be able to boast. You cannot get rid of your anger problem on your own. Come on. You, you cannot get rid of your abrasive attitude on your own. Now, having a strong attitude is God-given, but when the Holy Spirit comes and sanctifies it, see, it's, 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 it's a difference. He can sanctify those areas of your life. Can I, can I just be honest with you? you want to, can I tell you what my, my main sin was? It's gonna... Some of you are going to be like, what? I didn't have an anger problem. I had a rage problem. I was very a very angry young man. And oh, getting older too, you know, wasn't just an angry young man. And I, and I asked the Lord, Lord, heal me of this anger. My, my dad was murdered, as, as most of you know, when I was nine years old. And I went to F-rated schools, went to Carver Shore. So I had to fight a lot growing up. Um, I had to go, you know, I had all that stuff. I didn't wear collared shirts. I wore, you know, you know what they wear. Pants without a belt, you know, the whole deal. And, and I asked the Lord, I, I said, you know, remove this from me. And, and it's one day like as if, the, as if the Lord, by the voice of the Holy Spirit said, listen, those things just don't go away. When you get close to me and I feel you, they go away. Yeah. Do you see? If we would just focus on being intimate with the Lord, just position yourself and just love Him, and when you get close to Him, like like I said, when that wood gets close to the fire enough, see, I was just wanting the Lord like to to wave a wand over me and make me well. But can I tell you this? No matter what it is that you're struggling with this morning, it doesn't matter what it is—abrasive attitude, habits, pharmaceutical drugs, addictions—it it could be anything. Somebody who t- you know. It's not always on time. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm talking to that person who thinks they're sanctified. Look, he's just looking like this. Just look straight. I had that struggle as well. The Holy Spirit helped me with. I'm getting. I'm still getting better. I'm being sanctified. But when when that dead branch gets close to the fire, the branch takes on the personhood of whatever whatever it's doused in or put in. So, So we all too often try to change certain ways about ourselves that we don't like when the fact of the matter is if you would just focus on getting close. Just to be close to you is my desire. Fred Hammond. If we focus on getting close to him, and Jesus is a fire. What, what did the gospel of Luke say? There's one who comes after, who baptizes with fire. Not just in water, but fire. And he wants to immerse us in his holy fire. What does fires do? What does it consume? Will it consume wet things? No. Dead things. Anger. Rage. Depression. Anxiety, things that don't belong, fear, you name it, and all the rest. Things that do not line up with the fruit of the Spirit. Things that do not line up with the character of Christ get burned up in the presence of fire. I hear all types of preaching, I have heard all types of preaching. But now I preach intimacy because I feel that's the answer for the hour. It's the answer for the hour. No longer about, you know, if you sow this amount, sure, you can sow that amount, but that doesn't, that won't give you fire. That won't make us holy. It won't solve marriage problems. Intimacy solves it all. Mary has chosen the good part when you choose the good part. Remember, there was Martha and Mary in the Bible. Jesus is sitting there. Can I tell the story really quick? And she's busy. Martha's busy. She's waiting on tables. And Mary's at the feet of Jesus, loving on Jesus, worshiping him, crying at his feet, just worshiping him, doing nothing. And then then Martha calls out to her sister, tell her to help me, Jesus. And Jesus says, look, what she's doing, I'm not gonna take away from her. She doesn't have to get up and help you. In other words, he's, he, he's not worried about your works. He's worried about your worship. And he's not worried. He's more concerned. He, he wants your worship. He doesn't want your works. And, and that's a whole other sermon. But let me tell you something. Your wor- when you truly worship him, it'll solve your works issue. It'll solve everything in our, in our father, our driven father, our driven parents that made you feel that you had to work to get validated. When you worship at his feet, it'll, it'll, it'll validate, it'll obliterate your works problem. And it'll give you a power to witness. The Holy Spirit gives us power to witness. Listen, the Apostle Paul, I love this. He wrote something called the epistles. Everybody say the epistles. His writings, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I'm gonna get a little theological with you. He wrote two-thirds of this New Testament. In other words, he started from you know, Ephesians and all of that. You got, you got Romans, you got Ephesians, you got Galatians, you got all these little books in the Bible, all these little chapters, okay? When his, when, his, uh, when his entries start out, it usually starts out in the first couple of verses and it says this, this grace has been given to me This grace has been given to me. Grace is not saying a prayer over your meal. Although, we Southerners, we grew up saying, say grace, you know. Any Southerners in the room? Say grace at the table. You guys never got that before. Well, grace is something much, much different. And a lot of people say, God has been gracious towards me. That really, honestly, theologically, it doesn't make sense because that means, that's mercy. Sometimes we don't know how to use the word mercy versus grace, Mercy is God allowing you to get away with something you shouldn't have. Grace is being empowered to do something that you can't do in your own strength. There's a difference. The Holy Spirit comes to empower by way of grace. It enables you to do something that you cannot do in your own power, grace. This ability, you can switch that word that when Paul says, this grace has been given to me, you can say something like, this, this, this power has been given to me to do something I cannot do in my own strength. Somebody say, I can't do it in my own strength. In other words, it's God's grace on your life, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is God's super on your natural. Because we're natural, we're human. But when his super kisses the natural person, you become a supernatural person. I'm not saying you put a cape on, I'm not saying any of that, but there's something supernatural about a person who wants to sin but has the ability and the grace to say no. That's supernatural. It's supernatural when a person gets hit by a car and you're able to lay hands and speak life over that person and it keep that person alive. There's something supernatural about somebody who's steeped in sin or bound by the enemy and you pray for them and you declare the word of God over them and they're instantaneously delivered. There's something supernatural about that. There's something supernatural about you being given the grace to live a holy life as an example for the kingdom. That's supernatural. Come on, somebody say amen to that. A true indwelling of the Holy Spirit will not make you weird. It makes you effective, as I said earlier. If speaking in tongues is the only thing that indicates that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're in much trouble. He wants, and, and that is okay. Speaking, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, that is that is one way that there that, that's shown that there is evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but that's not the only way. There's evidence, and one of those evidences that we are living a holy and a consecrated life. Somebody say holy. holy. It's like a curse word in church these days. Living holy. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, listen to this. This, this is not condemning. I pray this doesn't come on, come off. Uh, condescending, I, I pray that it comes off encouraging and, and challenges you in your relationship with the Lord. When, you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, staying away from sin is not like gnawing your teeth, it's not gritting your teeth. It's, 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 it doesn't, it, it, it's, you have a desire, a holy desire. I, I used to wonder in my relationship with the Lord, why is this uphill climb? I gotta stop doing this, I gotta stop doing that, and it was hard and I never could. But when the Lord began to fill my life, I began to, listen, if you spend time with someone who is holy, (laughs) the only reason you want them sweets back there is because you want them and you get around them. And then in order to not want them, you don't get around them. Too many people want to be holy. They want to walk in the power of God, but don't spend any time with him when you spend time with him and you catch the scent of the Lord's fragrance in your life, when you, when you get around him, you begin to... Smith Wigglesworth said it like this. Desire God, then you will have what God desires. Desire God and you will have God's desires. So the more we desire him, you don't have to worry about stop you know this or that. Get around God. Desire him and you will desire godly things, holy things, things that are honorable towards him. I wish I would get a loud amen for that one. The worst thing you can do is try to serve God without God. The worst thing we can do is to try to serve him without him. Desire God and you will have God's desires. The Holy Spirit will empower you to carry out God's will for your life. Do you know that God has a specific will and intent for each and every one of you? He has a will, a specific one, a purpose, a plan, and it's a detailed plan. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers you to do it. He's the one who actually carries out the will of God for your life through you. So when you desire him, you you inherit his desires by default You begin to live out the will of God for your life. So he'll empower you to live out the will of God for your life. The Holy Spirit will empower you to balance your checkbook. He's both practical and spiritual. Very practical. I remember for years, Lord, help me manage my finances. He's a practical, he's practical. Somebody say he's practical. He'll empower you to be a loving husband. He'll empower you to be a loving wife. He'll empower you to live holy. He will empower you to be a respectful person. He'll empower you to honor your boss behind their back. Come on, can I make it a little bit more practical for you? He'll empower you to be on time. He'll empower you to wait on him, wait on his timing. Oh, you didn't know it took power to wait? It took took power to wait in the upper room. It takes power to wait on God's timing. This is one of the biggest flaws I've seen in people's lives, in my own life. I've struggled with, Lord, why do you take so long? It takes power to wait. Can I tell you this? When we have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, it makes waiting easier. Because it doesn't become about, Lord, when is my promise going to come to pass? You're satisfied in being in Him. It makes waiting easier when you you don't look, Lord. I'm, I'm, you're calling me to get a record deal. You're, you're 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 calling me to start this business off, or Lord, when when am I going to sell this? whatever it, it doesn't matter what it is. When you're satisfied with Him, when you're filled with Him, you are satisfied fully. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. When you're wait, because you can wait in the Spirit. Wait in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Knowing Jesus is one thing, but being empowered by him, by the way of the Holy Spirit, is another. And again, that, is, that was the secret to Jesus' miracles. I remember this Catherine Coleman service. She used that big, long finger. She says, the secret to those miracles was the Holy Spirit. The secret when I say success, I don't mean to money. I don't mean money, it could mean that. That's a, that's a fruit of, a result of something. But the secret to every answer in your life today, today, everything that you're struggling with, everything that you came in, this sanctuary, everything that came you came in here with, weighing on your mind, the secret is the Holy Spirit whether well, it's in him empowering you to do something, empowering you to wait, empowering you to be still, empowering you to hear his voice when you need direction, which brings me to another point. The Holy Spirit is a guide. He is a guide. The Bible calls him a guide. In John chapter 16, verse 13, watch what it says. He, meaning the Holy Spirit, However, when the Spirit, he, the Spirit, everybody say he's a he. He's a person. He's a person. Everybody say he's a person. When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He is a guiding Spirit. He will guide you into all. Listen, being smart is one thing, but having the Holy Spirit guiding you is a different thing altogether. I didn't grow, grow up with more degrees than a thermometer, but one thing I tell you I began to have to be really good at, especially in ministry, is hearing. Because he is a guide. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into whatever decision it is that you have to make. You do not have a smart person. You don't have to be a super smart person in God's kingdom. Do you hear, do you hear me, church? As long as you're a good Listener. You will be effective as long as you're a good listener because he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit helps you with practical decisions. He'll warn you of bad business deals, won't he, Dean? I remember recently, I knew this was the Lord too, and I disobeyed. Yes, yes, Brother Donnie disobeys sometimes without knowing it, and then you end up regretting As you guys know, I have a a business on the side. I I work uh, full-time. And um, I went into this this business deal. And I could tell right away, it was a well-paying deal, um, I thought. And so I get into this deal, and I felt a check in my spirit. And I could have pulled out the last minute, and I decided not to. And I'm still bearing the consequences of not listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you what clients to take and what clients you should not take. He will tell you what job to take and what job not to take. He'll tell you what degree to go for and what classes you shouldn't take. He will tell you who to hang out with and who you shouldn't. Come on. He will tell you what circles to run with and what circles you should break out of. He is a guiding spirit. He wants to guide you into the will of God for your life. The Holy Spirit, he guides very strategically. He will connect the dots for you. I remember when I was in one of the toughest seasons of my life and I felt that the, that the church turned its back on me. I didn't do anything wrong morally, nothing in my mind. I tried to count everything. Lord, what, I did, what did I do wrong? I felt the church, the leaders, everybody, it was like, it was like everything was pulled out from underneath me like a rug. And I said, Lord, I've done everything that I know to do. I've I've, I've sought you. I've I've sought counsel. And everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong. Everybody say he's a guiding spirit. He guides. And so two years went by, and it seemed as if God was completely silent in my life. Every godly friend that I had, I love what David said. He said, even when my mother and father forsake me, you're still with me. So everybody seemed, of course, my mother didn't forsake me. Moms never do, not usually. But I tell you what, all my godly friends were gone. Two years, it seemed like the Lord didn't say a peep. And it wasn't a result of anything. I I did, I I believe. And and so, long story short, I wash up like driftwood on on the doorstep of a place called Ohop, Orlando House of Prayer. The short story is, I met my wife. and, And that led to an associate pastor role. And that led to being sent out to plant another church. And that led me to pastoring this church because he's a guiding spirit. And don't always think because he's not speaking, he's not guiding. Sometimes the trouble that you run into is him guiding your hand. Sometimes the frustrations that you're feeling right now is the wind. And instead of like a, like a sailboat, instead of pulling away from the wind, pull those flaps back and lean into the wind because it, be, it could be the very trouble that you're going through right now, the relationship trouble, the marital trouble, the, the, the health issues that you're going through, your family members may be going through, maybe you're carrying that burden. Lean into the wind because he is a guiding spirit and he leads you into all truth. And he communicates the perfect will of God to our lives. John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, whoever, whatever he hears, he will speak. When he's ready to speak to you, if you have a listening ear, he will speak. If he's not speaking to you right now, it may not be the result of anything you've done wrong. He's allowing the trouble to do the work. He's allowing the trouble to be the speaker on his behalf. We don't wanna talk about that anymore. Sometimes God will will allow trouble to come. When Peter was walking on the water, you don't think the Lord allowed those waves? You don't think He allowed those winds to build the faith of the disciples? Maybe the wind in your life is God's way of guiding you to the next season. Lean into the wind. Go ahead and nudge somebody's shoulder if you're with them a little bit and say, Lean into the Holy Spirit. Lean into Him. You might think I'm crazy. Say, He's a guide. I am learning, I have learned some, I haven't fully learned, but I am learning to pray about most decisions in my life. Amen. Not necessarily, I don't pray about everything I should eat or the socks I should wear. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, what should I wear? You know? But you guys are gonna think I'm, I'm a little crazy, but, but, but before I buy a home, before I buy a car, I acknowledge him. As a matter of fact, yesterday, my wife and I spent maybe 10 minutes and we wanted to, Saturday's our holy day, our family day. Y'all don't bother me on Saturday. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It is the holy day though. It's my only day I don't work. And and, and my wife, Stephanie and I, we held, we held hands and we prayed just about the Lord to be with, you know, just Lord be with us today and show us what to do today. I had nothing on my agenda and I love that because I have so much on my agenda most of the time. I didn't have nothing on the agenda. And we just said, Lord, we want you to show us what to do. How can we have fun? I know that sounds weird, but you know what it says? It's one of my life scriptures in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I had a great day. Not to say it'll always happen that way, but here's what Proverbs says in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 5, and 6. I-, I encourage you to write this down, especially if you've never heard it. I, I see some new faces in here. It's a beautiful portion of scripture. Can we put that up on the screen? Maybe it's not up there. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. You should memorize this verse. It's a beautiful verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. But in all, some of your ways. Come on, say all. Everybody say all. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall do what? Even when it comes to having a good day even when it comes to accomplishing the will of God. And you know, we had a beautiful day. My feet were hurting from walking all day, but we had a beautiful day. When you acknowledge him in the small things, he will trust you with big things. Acknowledge him in all your ways. You better acknowledge him before you get married. You better acknowledge him before you take that business deal. You better acknowledge him in every little step we take, he wants that kind of relationship. Gone are the days where little religious principles do any longer. He wants to be intimate with you, he wants to be relational with you, he wants to be acknowledged. And listen the more you acknowledge him, the more he'll speak. My wife hates when I walk into the room without greeting her, and I'm on my phone. Come on, you guys, some of you do that too. The Holy Spirit is like that. He's a gentleman. He wants to be acknowledged in all of our ways. Can I ask you something this morning? Are you acknowledging him in all of your ways? I want to wait a moment. Are you acknowledging him in all of your ways? In your health, I'm trying. In our relationships, in what you're facing right now, are you acknowledging him? He knows you're going through that trouble, but are you acknowledging him? Are you giving him the pain? Are you giving him everything, your heart? Are you acknowledging him and all the relational difficulties, the financial difficulties, everything that you're going through, are you acknowledging him? Because the Bible promises that those who acknowledge him, their paths will be directed. How many of you want to be directed by the Lord? And lastly, you can stand to your feet if you'd like. The Holy Spirit is a purifier. He's a purifier. In Acts chapter 2, you can join me in going there if you would like. You don't have to. I'll read it. I believe it may be up on the screen. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Is everybody okay out there? Amen. Yes. Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4, I want you to notice something in these portions of scriptures. Verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, this is when they were all in the upper room, this is, this is the heyday, this is the moment. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now watch this. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty, Wind. Everybody say a wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared, now watch, there was wind. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to jump over to verse 14 through 20 just for a moment. And this says, but Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all those who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose since it's only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days that God says that I will pour, he'll do what? He'll pour water. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and on my men's servants and my maid servants. In other words, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. In this portion of scripture, you see wind because the Holy Spirit, he's like a wind. In this portion of Scripture, you see him being as a fire, of tongues of fire. He's like a fire. And then the Bible says that he poured out. In other words, he's like, he's like water. So he's, he's, he's wind, he's, he's fire, and he's water. That's what the Holy Spirit represents in the Bible. When I think about the wind of the Holy Spirit, we resist his wind many times. Because he's a purifying spirit. Say, so he's purifying. He's purifying somebody even right now. Convicting someone right now. That's how he purifies. Because he wants to bring the best out of you and remove the worst parts of you until Christ is formed. And when I think about that, I think about him being a wind. I think about him, James. I think about him being like like, we're an oak tree. But in order for... The fullness of an oak tree to be displayed is it oftentimes has to be trimmed. The dead branches oftentimes need to be removed and cut back. In John chapter 15, it talks about God being a pruner and he cuts us and he removes the dead debris because he wants to showcase his glory in us. He wants us to to look healthy and whole. So he sends wind to remove the dead debris in our life. Sometimes that dead debris is old thinking. Sometimes that dead debris is depression, anxiety, different hidden sins and toxicity in our life. I was talking about water and and also about, you know, think, think about piping. I grew up around the construction field. And when I, when I think about water being poured down a sink and, and when there's a clog, there's a sign that there's a, there, there's a, when the water's not flowing, there's a sign that there's debris, there, there's, a, there's a clog. And, and the reason that God can't use some of us in our lives is because the reason why he's not flowing is because there is debris caught up in our spiritual plumbing. And, and the Holy Spirit is wanting to move through like water in our lives, in our families. our personal lives. He wants to flow through us. Today, let him flow freely through your life. And he's also like a fire. Fires purify. It consumes. More importantly, fires put off light. wants to ignite us to burn a blaze for him to give light to this dark world even in this hour. I feel the Holy Spirit drawing some bodies, not just somebody but some bodies this morning. He's purifying. He wants to make us ready. We have to fully surrender to him. We have to fully yield to him. He's looking all over this building this morning. As we close, he's looking for yielded vessels. Are you yielded to him? If you're not, yield to the Holy Spirit even right now. Yield to him. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com click the give tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.